We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Hello, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kernin. This is the sixth episode for the Culture Podcast that we are bringing to you alongside World Strides Excel. World Strides are the industry leader in international soccer tours with over 15 years experience of tours for a wide range of coaches and teams. They offer high level quality support, financial assistance, liability coverage, hassle-free travel. And we're also working alongside World Strides to put together the first modern soccer coach education tour to Barcelona on February 6th to February 12th. So we plan on visiting academies, watch some sessions, attend coach education workshops, and then take in a professional game or two. So really excited about connecting with a group of coaches who want to sample Spanish culture alongside myself so that'll be uh, that'll be a lot of fun we've got more information about that coming to you very very soon so for this podcast we are joined by Stephen Constantine a really really unique story he was born in London and played professionally in the US nothing strange there but then it takes a little bit of a twist he then became the Nepal national team coach the Malawi national team coach, Sudan national team coach, Rwanda national team coach. He had spells at Millwall and in the Cypriot League. And then he had two spells and is currently the Indian national team coach uh, where he's made huge strides. He was recently named Sports Illustrated Coach of the Year in India. So an absolutely phenomenal story. I read his book before doing this podcast, From Delhi to the Den. And then I thought, where do I start with asking this man questions? Uh, Unbelievable, unbelievable story. Um, We talk about the challenges of working in some of the toughest environments in world football. And then how do you adapt to a life culture, but then try to change a football culture at the same time? We ask if coaches have it easier than we think we do. And also, if you have ever complained about anything as a coach, you need to listen to this here. It is really, really inspiring. Uh, his journey, his passion, and his views on, on the game and coach education. He's a, he's a FIFA instructor as well, so his views on coach education are unbelievable. So you're going to enjoy this big time, big time. I would love to hear your thoughts, as always, on Twitter, at Gary Kernin, Instagram, at Gary Kernin, Shoot me an email, gary at modernsoccercoach.com. Love to hear your thoughts. Always appreciate your feedback. Please give it a rating on the iTunes page. Please help spread the word. Here's Stephen and enjoy. Stephen, thanks so much for joining me this evening in your time, Indian time, for the Modern Soccer Coach podcast. It's a pleasure to be on your show, Gary. Thanks for inviting me. We put these culture podcasts together and, and this is the ultimate in in culture with yourself so we always start the culture podcast with a similar question what is your football philosophy and and how or where did it come about look i think um you don't wake up uh, saying that 
I have a philosophy. I think uh, you have ideas on how you want the game to be played and um, it evolves over the years. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to be doing this for the last 25 years um, in quite a few different countries. And um, um, philosophy, uh, I want to win. Um, I want players to play with everything they have. I want passion. I want determination. Uh, you know, all those cliche words that <laughs> we, we, we like to use as coaches. But um, at, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what, what philosophy you have. It's, uh, at the end of the day, it's about the result. Um, at my level anyway um, if we're talking about youth players and, and stuff like that it's for me uh, age groups is it's always about the development and um, I'm not interested in winning the under 15 league or the the under 10 uh, uh, six aside um, how many players are you going to put in the under 12s or how many players are you going to put in the reserves or how many players are you going to put in the senior team and, and for me um, I, I, I'm very, very much in favour of the youth coach. I don't think they get the respect that they deserve. But then I'm going off the uh, off the original question. I think so. <laughs> yeah. So you're not like you're not a youth coach in your line of I suppose in your business. It's winning tomorrow that counts. Well, yeah. I mean, um, uh, most of my jobs have been. Uh, to come in and um, either steady the ship so we don't get relegated, or we're in the we're in the mire. Get us out. Um, and um, I, I maybe I have the knack to 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 improve fortunes of of teams that I've that I've coached. You open your book with with uh, the reality of your your nomadic lifestyle, I suppose, and you say that. You've always lived that way growing up, going to eight schools, moving continents, living in Cyprus at a tough time. Has that experience as a child, has that played a big role in how you view the coaching journey? Um, that's, a, that's a really good question. I, 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 I think uh, your, your upbringing, your background does lay the foundations and defines who you are as a person. Um, I, I think I'm able to deal with just about anything you can throw at me um, because I've had to deal with it in my personal life. Um, does that make me a better coach? I think it may, makes me more empathetic. Uh, I think um, I'm able to reach players um, because uh, they know what I've been through. Uh, I can relate to um, players just about anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter the color of their skin either. Um, hardship is hardship it doesn't matter where you're from um, and, and may, maybe that's part of of what I am um, players play for me chapter one um, I, or I think it was chapter one and chapter two it's just how I'm fascinated by how people at the top approach or see football not just tactically but how they how they view the game um, so many people young coaches view football as such a beautiful game and and such this refreshing, great thing. But I think people who have been in the industry such a long time view it as a as a as a merciless business. It's a tough industry. Would you be more of the of seeing football as a grind, as 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 a really really difficult aspect of life? I wouldn't change a single second of a single minute of the career that I've had, and uh, I, I don't I don't see it as a grind. I, I see it more as a privilege. Um, I absolutely adore what I do. 
um, I don't consider it a grind. I, I consider it as um, it's something that I want to do. It's always what I've wanted to do, and it's always what I'm going to do as long as I have breath in me. So uh, I don't see it as a grind. Is it difficult? Yes. Is it merciless? Yes. Are there uh, um, plenty of uh, um, idiots who talk a good game in the game? Yes, um, but that's part, part, part of it. You can't have um, uh, um, everything that you want the way you want all the time. So <laughs> uh, mm. I, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, yeah. You know, reading your bio before the book, your playing experience in America, uh, you know, I, I, first of all, I thought, oh, that's the cushy NA, NASL life in San Jose or somewhere nice and sunny. But again, picking up chapter or whatever, Pumping gas in LaGuardia, New York, and then selling flowers. Yeah, <laughs> selling flowers outside the subway station. I mean, you. It seems that you always find a way to get to do what you want to do. Um, is that a hallmark of of your personality? Um, I think it is, Gary. I, I've always wanted to play, and, um, and then after that, it was always I was going to coach, and I, I have the the same determination when it comes to my teams, um, whether it's national or club teams. I will find a way to win. I will find a way uh, to get the players to respond to me. I will find a way because I, I, I honestly feel that that particular job that I'm in, if I don't find a way I'm not going to get another job so when you walk into a locker room and you have to instill that in players I mean getting that passion and that belief across is that done with training is that where do you where do you operate best I suppose I'm asking is it on the training pitch is it in a meeting one-to-one I think it's all all of all of those Gary I, I, I don't think you can walk into the room and and, and come out with one sentence and everyone's going, oh, wow, that's it. This is the coach of the year and, and he's going to make it. I spend a lot of time with players, one-on-ones um, uh, -on uh, in little groups. I spend a lot of time on the training pitch. I'll come back and do extra stuff with them if they want um, or if I want them to. Um, and obviously in, in team meetings, I think... Um, Players are players. So what does the player want? The player wants you to make him better. He wants you to make him better because he's going to get a better job, a better contract, uh, um, a selection for the national team or, or whatever. So um, I believe with the, with a player who has the right attitude, no matter who he is, I can make him a little bit better than he is. Um, and I think um, instilling the belief in the players that I can make them better or I can help them um, it, it is part of it, but I, I don't think uh, it's one of those three things that you mentioned. I think it's all three and then some. In contrast, just going back to the, you know, finding a way, we just spoke before we started recording about coaches here today, especially in the US, who complain, and, and I've done this uh, and, and probably still do it, complain <laughs> about scholarship money or, or a piece of grass. The pitch isn't perfect, so we'll have a pop at the groundsman or something like that. You know, do you think that coaches complain too much around the world? Is it a frustration of yours when you when you interact with them? Look, I, I remember the first time I took the Indian national team national team to train in two thousand two, and they, it was in Goa, 
Gilgoy is a lovely beach resort, and they took me to this field, and it was a dirt field. Okay, lines barely visible. And I thought, okay, well, this is what they're playing on. So I'll coach on this because this is what they're playing on. Um, we didn't have markers, so we ran across the road in the supermarket and we bought coloured plates and put stones on them so that <laughs> so that the wind wouldn't blow the, the, the paper plates away. Um, what I'm trying to say is, is that um, depending on where you are, you have to deal with those those situations you can find an excuse not to coach or you can find an excuse to complain um but if you really want to coach you'll find a way Mm. and that's what i do this is a this is a topic that really i'm really interested in because like we're complaining today Stephen, about coaches uh, or about players a group of players in the us or the uk that have it too easy but in our development as a coaching community, are we going to be creative or resourceful or take risk whenever we breeze into a multi-million dollar facility to, to educate ourselves on the game? Or surely having less resources would make us a better coach at some stage? Look, I, 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 I really honestly don't think that it's such a major uh, um, uh, issue in that if you want to coach, you will find a way. If you don't want to coach, you will find an excuse. Um, look, I, 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 I have been with national teams that we have not had uh, 10 balls. But I need to coach that team. Mm. So I will. And I, I may not be happy. I may complain. I may this, I may that. But I will do the session. And I will get what I want out of it. Um, you know, it's it's... How, how many, uh, and depending on, okay, what level you are uh, as a coach, but um, if you're at youth level and, you know, there's uh, there's dog poo on the pitch, oh, well, we can't train here, the kids are going to get sick. You know, give me a break, get the shit off the pitch and get on with it. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, we have challenges in our life every day. That's not a challenge. The challenge is your your child is sick and there's nothing you can do about it. That's a challenge. Not we don't have enough markers or we don't have enough balls. You know, <laughs> come on. Um, if, if you want to coach the session, if you want to make those kids that you are happy, then get out there and find a way. This is what it's about. You know, coaching, one of the first things they tell you is you've got to be adaptable. Um, you've got to change. You've got to be... In, You've got to be in a, in a position to decide what is right, what is wrong, what can we do, what can't we do. And, and, and these little problems that they, uh, you guys have in, in, in America and uh, in England and in parts of Europe, give me a break. That, that, that's not a problem. Yeah, can, can you talk about your youth or as a young coach, your experience? I thought this was a great story. Your experience with Inter Milan's warm-up. <laughs> yeah. You know, I will never forget that. Um, I use it a lot in uh, in my FIFA courses. Um, uh, we talk about you know watching other coaches, and um, uh, you know that 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 was an absolute classic example where um, I went and watched Inter Milan train. Uh, it was the warm up before the game against uh, uh, our our senior team. Um, I was coaching the Apollon uh, under twenty ones at the time, and so. I 
I wrote down everything that they did. Um, and I said, well, this is great. I mean, what a great warm-up. Uh, you know, I'll use this on, on, on the weekend uh, with, with the under-21s. Um, we were down 2-0 after about 15 minutes. And we lost 4-0. And um, coming back on the team bus, one of the lads said, yeah, I'll coach. Uh, did you go to the Inter Milan game? I said, yeah, yeah. How good was it? Uh, he goes, yeah, yeah. He said, did you see the warm-up? I said, yeah, brilliant. He said, that's the warm-up you gave us, wasn't it? I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, but we're not Inter Milan. Um, we, 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 we don't have Dennis Bergkamp or Souza or some of these boys that were playing. And it was such a big lesson. Uh, and how, how I describe the lesson is, you can go and watch any coach you want, uh, Mourinho, Guardiola, these guys, but do you know why they are doing the session they are doing? Do you know what the ins and outs of the session are? And finally, do you have the quality of players that they have to perform the session the way you've just seen it? And the answer is no. So unless you have access to the coach to say, okay, why are you doing that session? Uh, he can explain the session to you. But then you've got to think about, well, do you have the quality of players that he has? And you probably don't, otherwise you wouldn't be there. So, you know, take from, from coaches, uh, but you, you have to um, water it down to the level of the players that you have. And, and for me, that, that, that was a great lesson because I gave it exactly as Inter Milan did it, exactly. Um, and the boys were exhausted. Uh, after the warm-up and like I said we were down 2-0 after 15 minutes so it was a big lesson Oh, it's, I think it's just a great story because again a big issue today there's there's just so much access we have to content with what teams are doing but not a lot of access to context is there? Well you know uh, there's so many magazines and websites and your session can be this and, your, and you see like a guy who's coaching under 12s do, do copy the session that uh, uh, Manchester City were doing and, uh, and wonder why he doesn't get the result. Um, you, you, you have to pitch it to the level of your players and of course you have to understand exactly why you're doing it. When you got to India, I heard you say your, your average age was 30, 31? About 31, 32, yeah. Okay, that would be too old for uh, a, a domestic league team. But experience is such an important criteria at international level. So what is the perfect age profile for, a, for an international side? I don't, I don't know if you can say it's 25 or 31 or, or 26, but um, of course you need experienced players. And, uh, you know, I, I really don't care how old they are as long as they're able to do the work that we need them to do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big believer in uh, uh, giving the youngsters a chance, um, but only if they're good enough. Uh, in, in India, um, the team had had been in a rut for some time. They were ranked 173. They hadn't won too many games um, uh, previous to, to, to when I went, and um, it, it, it needed it needed uh, it needed changing. Um, so I did. The the lack of regular contact time would seem for most coaches as as the biggest challenge. Is it hard to develop a style of play without having day to day access? Um, it's harder, but um, I also run the under-23 side physically. Uh, in fact, I'm in camp now with the under-23s. 
Um, and, and so that makes it a little bit easier for me because from 23s, they, they, they will come to the senior side, hopefully. Well, actually, 11 of them are in the senior side. Um, and um, uh, I need it, I, I, I think, more than anything else, more than they do because uh, it, it keeps me quite busy. I mean, I, I, I miss the day-to-day um, coaching. I miss the day-to-day uh, banter and what have you at, at club level. Um, so I'll, I'll take two or three jobs or four jobs if I have to, to, to keep me busy. I just love doing what I'm doing. Interested in just getting your thoughts on in approaching a culture where, as coaches, we always seem to preach long term, either to the fans or for their bosses to try and get everyone, you know, patience. And it sounds like you're you want to make an immediate impact, and you don't typically stay. Your career is not staying in jobs five to ten years. So, do do you do a long term presentation, or or is it is everything right? We've got to win tomorrow and. And let's get the show on the road. No, actually, uh, Gary, I would uh, say to you the following. When I take a job, my attitude is that I'm going to be there for the rest of my life. Okay? Um, It doesn't happen. Usually, uh, the lifespan of an international manager, I believe, is nine months. Um, I'm here in India now almost four years. Um, uh, Club level, I think it's... uh, 12 months on average. Um, I've been at clubs for two years and, and, and a year here and there. But um, look, you go into a club that have problems and, and some of the jobs have been, for me, have been six-month contracts because the team is going to get relegated and can you help us get out? Uh, so I have to make an immediate impact. But um, when I came to India, it, for me, it was, um, look, I'm not going to win straight away. And I didn't. Um, but in the last year, we've won, uh, well, the last three years, we've won three international trophies and qualified for a major event. But that first, that first year, we lost seven out of eight games. Um, but, you know, you, you obviously need the backing of the people that are, are, are hiring you and, and an understanding of, well, we, we were in this position. Um, how are we going to get to this position? Well, you're, going to, you're not going to do that overnight. Uh, so there needs to be a little bit of patience. But um, I, I, I don't always um, want to leave the situation where I am. But sometimes uh, I, I don't have choice. In Sudan, there was, I didn't have much choice. Um, uh, I had to leave. Um, but um, no, I, 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 I think um, going into the into a club or into a, an organization, um, you, you have to think of the bigger picture. But the reason they're calling you is because they have a problem, and you have to find the problem and fix it. Um, and you're going to get X amount of time, but um, you, you you have to kind of uh, make things happen quite quickly. I imagine, you know, Sudan, Rwanda, India, I imagine there's a lot of noise surrounding these teams in terms of the federation. And you tell a couple of stories in the book about dealing with executives or dealing with people on top of the federation. And is that a bigger challenge than the than the tactical side, getting the environment right? Yeah, well, I think uh, uh, nowadays you've got to manage up um, and and. and make sure the president, the vice president, uh, the general secretary, um, that they are 
understanding of what it is you're trying to do, that they understand the difficulties, they obviously do, otherwise they wouldn't have sacked the previous coach and, and hired you. Um, but it's doable. It's doable if you accept the culture and how people learn and, 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 and show the respect for the country, the people. I mean, it took me about a week to get the Sudanese players to do ice baths. Um, and, you know, after after training, and we're talking um, 40-something degrees. Guys, we need to go in the ice bath because recovery, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, coach, we don't, we, we don't do that. <laughs> but why not? Anyway, long story short, um, after a week, we got them in. Uh, they loved it. One day, we, we couldn't find any ice in Khartoum. Uh, in the blocks that that, that, that that we were looking for that they, they didn't have any and uh, the players were complaining coach where's the ice where's the ice um, you know so uh, it, it, it's um, it's it comes from you. you you create the atmosphere in the club as a coach you create the environment as much as you possibly can I, I want it I want it to be a learning environment I want um, uh, uh, people to, to to improve to get better and, and that goes for for my coaches and the staff yeah, that that learning or that education is is it, you know, going to your your first training camp with India. You you dealt with the players were overfed during the lunch break. Is is it almost educating a a community or a nation on what it takes to get to the next level now, rather than just a group of players? Um, look, I think um, okay when I when I walked into the uh, the building in in India, uh, the All India Football House in Delhi. Um, I asked everybody in the building, uh, it was about 58 people, to come down to the main meeting area. Um, and I introduced myself as the national coach and uh, I, I, told, I told them that the jobs that they do on a daily basis is as important as the job I do. The only difference is, is that uh, I'm in the front, front line, as it were, but I can't do my job unless they do their job. And I wanted to thank them and, and, and wish them luck in, in, in my tenure here. Um, and, and I think uh, it's, it's, it's not a one-man band. It's never going to be a one-man band if you're doing it properly. Um, and you need, you need to get people to understand what it is you're trying to do. Of course, I, I'm there to help India uh, uh, first and foremost. Um, but I can't do that without their help. Um, and um, that, that's kind of how I, I, I approached that particular position. With your immediate support staff, like so many coaches today, when, when Pep takes his job, he comes with the team. Jose, up until now, comes with a team. How do you get or how do you hire or how do you find your support, your assistant coach? How do you go through that process? I would say that in 90% of my jobs, uh, I will find the assistant coach from the locality. Um, either he's from that country, from that city, from that club, um, because I feel that they have uh, 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 their finger on the pulse, as it were. Um, they obviously know the, the club better than I do uh, at that moment in time. And if they are somebody that is willing to work with me, then, you know, that, that's fine. Um, I have uh, amazing uh, backroom staff at the moment. 
Uh, I would say I have a sports science uh, coach from Australia. I have a Brazilian goalkeeping coach. I have uh, one of the best physiotherapists I ever worked with, uh, who is uh, from India. Um, we have an uh, analysis guy from Norway, uh, a rehab guy from Australia, um, and a, a number of other Indian staff. Uh, my assistant coach is uh, Indian, who played for me for three years. So um, I am uh, quite open to working with people, um, provided they are in line with what I need with the team. I believe chemistry more than ability, if that makes sense. So if somebody's really, really good at a job, but he's just not the, the, the type that um, I'm able to work with, you know, I, I would rather take somebody who has that chemistry and um, it's, it's very important for me, the chemistry and the character of the person that I work with. Uh, they, they need to be like-minded. They need to be teachers. They need to be able to uh, impart their knowledge. Um, even when I'm not there, the philosophy is the same. So they, they can't go crying to the physiotherapist if the physiotherapist is saying the same thing that I'm saying, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. How much have you, when you, you, you know, you go to these places, which a lot of us, even for a, for a student to go traveling is, is extravagant. Some of the places you've been is just amazing. Um, how much do you have to change or how much have you changed as you've, uh, you know, throughout your coaching journey? Look, Gary, I think um, we go, I I, I have been very fortunate, as you said, to have been to some unbelievable places, both good and bad. Um, But the one common thing is football, okay? And when somebody calls me to come and and come into their country uh, and help their football team, I'm only going there with my football. I'm not going there to change their culture. I have to accept the culture. So in Sudan, they prayed five times a day. And one of those times was um, during uh, um, during Ramadan. Uh, now, whether I like it or not, the boys were not going to eat or drink anything from sun up to sundown. How do I deal with that? Well, I, I, I fasted with them just so you know, um, and put myself in their shoes and, and, and their situation. Um, and that's what I try to do. Uh, I mean, my wife calls me a, a chameleon because she thinks that I would change the color of my skin or, 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 or something like that in order to be uh, accepted in, in the particular country. And I pretty much would. Um, I'm there for the football. I will, I will help them. Uh, as much as I can from the football perspective. But um, it's important that you understand where you are, who you're dealing with, how they learn, how they think, um, in order to give them the maximum. You're not there to change their culture. You're not there to tell them this is no good and this is rubbish and you can't do it like this and you can't do it like this. It's because they are doing it like this. They have been. And after you leave, they will be. <laughs> but what they want you to do is to help them within their environment get better and i believe i do that yeah so many changes i I can just imagine there's this the you know obviously the culture changes off the field there's the tactical culture um you the player management the individual player management i imagine would also be different where 
you, you said that in, in Nepal, the players stood up whenever you, you walked in the locker room, but at the Millwall Academy, they just sat on their phones. Is there a big difference everywhere you go with how that locker room interacts or how players interact with coaches? Yes, I, I, I think uh, every country has their own little uh, uh, quirkiness, uh, if that's the right word. Um, you go to Sudan and uh, it, it, it's different. You can't point your finger in someone's face uh, uh, in Sudan and, and expect to keep your finger. Um, you know, you, you, you have to be mindful. You can't be screaming and shouting. And I'm quite um, a passionate person, in, in especially when I'm, uh, I'm coaching. Um, but you have to be mindful of, uh, of of what you say and how you say, and <laughs> that sometimes gets me into trouble. But um, you know, I I, I just have this uh, passion for the game, and you know, I want things to be done right, and um, I, I will try to um, uh, get players to to do things the right way. But you you do have to be careful. Uh, um, Sometimes how you say things and the way you say things, and every every culture is 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 or every country is different. I didn't know how big India was until I read you. Like I couldn't believe one point three billion people in India. So how how do you deal with the pressure that that there brings? Is, is there a lot of pressure? Do you feel with even you know that first game? You said seven uh, lost seven out of eight. Um, do you feel the burden of 1.3 billion or is that just a number at the end of the day? Look, I, I, I think um, as, 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 a, as a person, uh, I want to succeed in, in, in everything that I do. I don't think I'm any, any, any different from anybody else. Um, you know, when you lose uh, 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 seven out of eight, <laughs> you are starting to think, well, you know, um, is this going to work? But you know what? It will work because I've done it. I've done it for years and it does work. And you give me a bit of time. We, we took a team. We dismantled the team. Um, those qualifiers, those seven, game, the, those seven games were qualifiers for the uh, World Cup. Um, and to be honest, we were never going to go to the World Cup. Uh, but our target was the Asian Cup and it was, they were joint qualifiers. So uh, it was important that we... Um, managed to get to the playoffs, which we did. But um, look, I, I believe in what I do, um, uh, and I believe my my method has been successful. Um, so, do I feel the pressure? No. I, look, I can't say that. Um, I, look, I'm not. I'm not afraid to lose my job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, although I'm not. Uh, rich and I haven't had those multi-million dollar contracts I will do the to the best of my ability and I will work 24-7 to improve the situation at any club or national association that I'm with um, and, and, it, and if you don't like it then okay you can let me go but um, today I haven't been fired yet so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been pushed but not fired but um, look I think uh, you, you really do have to um, uh, be able to take the comments, you know. You know, when you're losing, no one, no one likes to be losing, and it can get nasty sometimes. But like I said, I believe in what I do, and I will get it right. And um, touch with, I, I, I've been able to do that. Yeah, you can, you can hear the. I mean, it, it comes across your work screams work ethic and just finding a way 
but when you talk to you or listen to you, you talk about your journey and talk about football, you can hear the passion and belief you have in it. Um, just wondering how you kind of, you know, how do you recharge your battery? Is there a stage where you where you have a break? Where you do you play golf? Do you go for walks? What do you do just to to kind of balance that out? <laughs> well, I do two things. Um, I play NFL Madden on the PlayStation Four. Brilliant. Um, which is brilliant. I love American football. Um, I, I think that is um, probably the most tactical sport in the world. Um, although I'm not pretty, I'm not particularly good at the the game, but um, I love playing it. And um, you know that's that's pretty much uh, what I do. I mean, uh, I, I I'm always watching a game or wanting to watch a game or going to watch a game. Um, you know, it's uh, the, the the big the big loss for me is is, is not spending enough time with the family. Um, uh, that, that that I would like to do more of that, but um, yeah, my big passion is 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 is, is football. Mm. When you're, you know, the gains that you've made through India, uh, unbelievable. The, the scouting, I would imagine that scouting in that region would be fairly difficult, just on the technology side, getting access to the right information, getting access to uh, the vastness of the the region as well. Is that a challenge? Is scouting a challenge? <laughs> yeah, you could say. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I have about five or six scouts um, that we have uh, watching players um, in, in 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 the in the Indian leagues. Um, uh, we watch the Santos Trophy, which is a state league. Um, we try to watch as uh, as much football as we possibly can, and as you say, it's not easy. Um, uh, but thankfully, I have uh, quite a few former players that used to play for me. They know the type of player that I want, and um, my assistant coach is uh, he's a legend. He played twenty years for for the Indian national team, so um, he has his connections as well, and he's uh, he's absolutely brilliant for me. So. You know, uh, you, you Europe fits into India. Uh, you know, so so we sh- we should have more. Um, I do uh, scouting workshops in India where I go to different states and um, uh, introduce them to the uh, the process of uh, identifying players. What what do we want? What kind of player do we want? Um, and that that that's taken off actually. So uh, we've been to three or four states. There's about twenty five more to go to. But, um, it's uh, yeah, it's a challenge. But um, hey, uh, that's why I'm here. You give a lot back to the coaching community. Um, very accommodating with your time. Uh, would you urge coaches, young coaches today, especially those in England, would you urge them to travel and get abroad? Uh, absolutely, and I mean, and I mean there are uh, many, many uh, coaches, um, many more coaches out there than, than there were when I first started. Um, and I, I think um, going outside of your comfort zone, working in um, conditions that you would never ever see in your life back home, are so important. Um, you, you come back to England and, and, and you appreciate 
so much more than 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 you do now if if you haven't been out. Um, and I also think you can learn a great deal. I mean, uh, we 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 may have invented the the game, but uh, I'm telling you that there are 211 countries playing football now, and everyone has their own ideas and their own opinions on how the game be played and who should play and who shouldn't play. And um, it's uh, it, it's such a um, such a huge uh, um, industry. Um, and the more you go out, the more you learn. Um, and I, and I think having gone out has made me a better coach, better person. Um, I don't I don't think um, had I stayed in, back in England, um, I would have had the adventures and the career, the experience or the knowledge that I have having having done what I've done so far. So if, if you get a chance to go, and I don't mean go on a six-week camp to America and coach uh, under under eights, that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Go to Africa, come to Asia, uh, get in amongst it, and, and then when you get back, you will have uh, a much better appreciation of, of, of where, you, where you are, where you come from. What does the world think of English coaches? Is it get is the is the perception changing with the Premier League or World Cup success or, or is it something we we don't really need to worry about? Can you tell me how many English coaches are out there? Yeah, not a lot. I think that answers your question. Yeah. And and do you find that where where you go, do you find a general cautiousness or wariness or well, I, 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 I generally uh, have to come up against uh, a, a Spanish guy who spent five minutes in the Barcelona Academy with the under-12s, uh, gets um, a national team job somewhere or a, a big club job because they put he was in the Barcelona Academy or because Spain won everything in sight, they'll sign a Spanish coach or a Portuguese coach or a German coach. Um, I think the the Euros and the World Cup uh, has an effect on that because um, uh, you know uh, the teams outside think that if they get a German coach, they're going to play like Germans. Uh, if they get a Dutch coach, they're going to play like the Dutch. And what they forget is that you don't have those kind of players. You don't have that philosophy from the grassroots going up. So you are never going to get uh, uh, an African team play like Holland mm-hmm. uh, because it, they're, they're not set up that way. So again, I, 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 I think it's more about getting somebody who can get the best out of the, the country, the culture, the players that you're in. Um, and be he English, German or, or Italian, it shouldn't make a difference. But um, having a successful World Cup um, you know, uh, teams, uh, countries around the world, clubs around the world tend to go for. The, they become flavor of the month, shall we say? You mentioned in your book as well about the danger of young kids trying to develop too quickly in their coaching journey, skipping important steps. That time on the grass, it's important. Yes, uh, 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 you can say the same for coaches. Um, I, I'm really not in favor of coaches being fast tracked because. They had a 10 or 15 year career as a player. Um, most people spend 12 to 14 years in school. They go to universities and, and what have you. The, the, 
they're not qualified as professors after that, are they? You know, um, and and for players, I think um, you know you 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 can't put the emphasis on winning yeah, um, at, at eight or nine or ten. It's got to be about having them love the game. Um, I think the best the best coaches in the world have got to be the youth coaches because they're the ones that are going to uh, um, get the kid to, to, to fall in love with the game. And once they're in love with the game, it's the best game in the world. They, they, they can't go anywhere else after that. Uh, so it's so, so, so important. Um, but a lot of a lot of uh, especially uh, uh, in, in in the US it's, it seems to be all about winning and winning the under 10s and winning the under 11s and winning the under 12s but um, I, I just think they're, 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 you're missing the point uh, at that age group it doesn't matter what matters is that kid falls in love with the game he goes to the next level which is maybe the under 12s and then the under 14s and he has a uh, a complete uh, um, foundation of how the game should be played by the time he's 15, 16 that, that's when you start thinking about well, now we've got to change a little bit because it is about winning if I want to be a professional or go to college you know mm-hmm. Last one for you when you met your wife she asked you about how much you love football and I'm going to read this what your response was if there's a game on TV, I'll watch it. If there's a game within a thousand miles that I want to see, I will. If there's a coaching course anywhere in the world that will benefit my career, I'm there. And if there's a job I want to take, I will take it, even in Mongolia. Again, blew me away. How does she view this lifestyle? Does she see it as, oh, it's a new place, it's an adventure, I enjoy traveling? Or, or does she kind of suffer through the life of a coach as well? Well, look, uh, and I must add there that I did get offered the Mongolia national team job. Uh, <laughs> 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 and I rang her up and I said, Lucy, you're never going to guess what's happened. What's that? I said, we've been offered the job in Mongolia. <laughs> she goes to me, no way. I said, yes, yes, Ulaanbaatar. Um, it's uh, a great offer. And she goes, Stephen, we have a 12-month-old daughter it's freezing cold, it's six months, it's dark, it's six months, it's light. Please tell me you have an accept. <laughs> really? I, I had, uh, by that time, already agreed to go to Nepal. But, but, but um, yeah, uh, my wife is an absolute saint. Um, she, she got up and left the table after I said that. And um, I, I, I was trying to think of... Um, if there was a back door, um, because she said she was going to the toilet, but I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure. <laughs> but lucky for me, she came back and uh, no, no, she, she is. Um, this is what you want to do. This is your career. This is what you're good at. I'm 100% behind you, and she has been to this day and uh, 20, 23 years. Um, uh, in June, um, I'm going to have to renegotiate a contract next year. That'll be 24. <laughs> so, uh, see if I can get her to sign for a few more years yet. But um, no, no, she's been absolutely first class. I, I, I could not have asked for a better person to share my life with. Brilliant, brilliant. Stephen, thank you. Um, not just for this interview, but again, everything you do in the coaching community. Um, your your journey and your your message is just so inspirational and 
you know, I urge coaches, you know, the coaches, even during as college coaches now start up their preseason, they look for tactics and, and the next session, they should, they should go through the season reading your book because it's just, it just puts things so much in perspective and it's almost a Kickstarter for the tenacity and determination you need as a coach to solve every problem. So I'm glad I read it and I'll definitely encourage every coach to do the same. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. Thanks again, Stephen. Thank we'll talk soon. All the best. Thanks so much to Stephen for his time and his insight there. I loved every minute of that chat. I could listen to him all day. Uh, just the passion that he shares his philosophy with and his journey and his ability to find a way. As he says, you, if you want something done, you find a way. If you just don't want it done, you find an excuse, whether that's a training session with a bad pitch or if that's not access to certain facilities that you need or the, the certain type of player you require you just get it done you just get it done and sometimes it's as simple as that you know how much time do we spend complaining as coaches about things that we don't have any control over or things that aren't really that bad and I know from personal experience I've, I've wasted hours and hours and hours doing that it's something that it maybe as a self-reflection exercise that you try and get out of yourself that maybe I'm maybe I am spending too much time complaining and maybe we we use that energy into other areas so I would urge every coach to get his book from Delhi to the den and and after every chapter I was just shaking my head the challenges that we think we have aren't really challenges like they're not even close to the experiences that Stevens dealt with with different national teams and different cultures different federations different bosses different ways of finding opportunities the struggles that he faces and his attitude and his beliefs in getting through those struggles absolutely phenomenal I couldn't put the book down as soon as I read it I enjoyed every every page of it uh, majority of them I was just shaking my head and I, and I just loved it so um, do yourself a favour even if you're starting the season up it's a great way to just put life in perspective and also inspire you to to go outside your comfort zone and maybe what we perceive our comfort zone to be is not really a comfort zone at all you know we say every day we tell our players get outside your comfort zone but it's only when you read Stephen's story you, you kind of puts it in perspective uh, what we could be doing maybe we should travel a bit more maybe we should expose ourselves to to bigger challenges uh, and try to become more as coaches as people and all that good stuff so thanks so much for listening we'd love to hear your views on that podcast as always on twitter at gary kernine on instagram at gary kernine um, please 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 before you shoot off uh, give it a, a rating on the itunes page uh, post it on social media help us spread the word of the podcast as always thank you for listening thank you for your support i will speak to you soon thank you for listening to the modern soccer coach podcast for more coaching topics sessions and resources head on over to coach kernine on facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com